Welcome to 20 Minutes with Joelle and Stephen Gibson. Today, we're talking about The Pharmacist and some books Joelle read. A book I read. And we're going to tell some stories. Yep. Childhood trauma. Yeah. I also have been watching a new reality show. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Let's talk about the news. What's happening in the Gibson home? Well, um, we're in quarantine. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say that in every podcast. Yeah. Um, we're preparing for Jesse's birthday. He's turning eight. Like, we have an eight-year-old child together. I know. That's just wild to me. Um, we're normally, so, We're so mature. We are so mature. Um, normally, I go all out for birthdays. I love them. I loved celebrating them as a kid. My mom was really awesome with throwing parties and stuff like that. Um, but we obviously can't do that this year. So instead, I've been asking friends and family, um, so dear listeners... For money. <laughs> for money. Please send money. Um, or Amazon gift cards. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or um, donuts. Oh, yeah. Donut diva. I am going to order some tonight. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. 60... What is it? 60 donuts? For it's like $50. $25. Oh, no, okay. Okay. The no. mini donuts. Yeah. The $25 ones. Three, okay. Six flavors. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Anyway. You get to wake up to like hot donuts. I love it. Let me finish my story now. So we're asking people to send Jesse cards for his birthday, and I made a little... The one thing every child doesn't want. No, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> Don't you think that's a nice idea? Do you remember being a child and getting a card? Yes, it was exciting. Because there was money in it. Well, usually, <laughs> but even still, it's so nice. Yeah. So please send cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made a little llama, like a loot llama from Fortnite, and we're going to put all the cards in it, and then he's going to open the pinata. Wait, is like, there, there's candy in there, right? He's going to be like, there's no candy, it's just cards. Wow. We'll put some candy in yeah, there. Yeah, you got to put candy in there. That's going to be that's gonna be disappointing without candy. Don't be so mean. Um, it's I'm a just sweet being, idea. It's his birthday. It's not about you. That's true. But I think with Jesse especially, we need to be like... Look how many people put in this effort for you. It's not about gifts. Because he's a really... He's getting a little greedy. Getting greedy. He's, he's been Yeah, greedy. he's more prone to being greedy than Sienna is, for sure. Yeah. So, I hope this is, like, a nice lesson for him. It's not about the gifts. It's his birthday, though. Are you really trying to teach him about that right now? Absolutely, because these are the times where he's, like, so okay. obsessed with gifts I mean, and stuff. I mean, we're obviously getting him yeah. really great gifts. Totally. Now that we don't have to throw like a party. Kart. <laughs> you know, I was thinking he wants one of those Jeeps that you can drive yeah, around. Yeah, Sienna wants one real bad. Those are too expensive, though. Yeah. You could get one for like 250 Anyway. Okay. We're just, we're going here. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse's birthday. So we're Jesse's birthday, birthday, yeah. And yeah. his baptism, we have to still finalize, but it's going to be May 9th. We yeah. don't know where, if it's going to be at the church or... In a van down by the river. I don't think you can baptize in a van, but the river. Yeah. That's one of my favorite SNL skits, just FYI. Yeah. Great. Well, it was nice catching up with you, Joelle. Anything oh, happening uh, with you, Stephen? Oh, yeah, actually. Um, I made a Fortnite card game. I had this yeah. super amount of inspiration. I made a game in a week with a rule book and everything. Sent it off to my boss. It's very unlikely that we'll get the license to Fortnite, but we're going to do a Fortnite ripoff. 
and make a bunch of cash. Hopefully. It's actually really fun. I think I find it more fun because I play Fortnite. Yes, there's that element of, mm-hmm. of that for sure. Zach played it. Oh, did he like it? We little Zachy. Uh, Don't yeah. do that voice. He liked it, but he played one rule wrong. Okay. The legendaries are supposed to be at the bottom of the pile, so you can't get them right away and oh, then so kill somebody. So he mixed them up? Yeah. He so then Connor got it, a, a sniper right away and just oh. obliterated <laughs> Zach. Connor was probably so happy. That's funny. <laughs> anyway. I know, because I had questioned that, like, why do we need to put them in the bottom? He, um, that makes more sense. He's definitely his father's son. He had yeah. some good notes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Well, you're related, so that makes sense. Eh? I don't know. His, I meant like his... you're related to... He's your brother, so like you're all sort of... Zach similar. is my nephew. Christopher <laughs> is your brother. This I don't know this Christopher you're talking about. But... Oh my gosh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's get into The Pharmacist. Yeah. So I've been bugging Stephen to watch it. Wait, Again. wait. Before oh, we get into what? The Pharmacist... What? Lesser notes. Okay. Uh, the new Tiger King episode. A lot of people ragged on it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kudos to Joe McHale for getting in on the big sensation. Yeah. And getting back in there. Uh, no, I thought it was cool just like seeing people's reactions. And, yeah, it was nice uh, to see where they're at. And yeah. what, like it was just interesting. It I liked was. it. It's always nice to have a follow up. You know, in Dragon's Den when they do the follow up episodes. Yeah, I love like, yes. That. We're waiting um, for this. I found it interesting to hear if people thought that he should come out of prison or not. Yeah, uh, definitely no one likes Joe. Yeah. I uh, mean, anyway. Yeah, those people compare it, like watching the Tiger King documentary and then watching The Pharmacist, it's just like, wow, those people are all such trash compared to Dan Schneider, <laughs> who was just this incredible man who like did not stop and basically spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but basically solved his son's murder and closed down a humongous pill mill operation saving tons of lives from prescription pill addiction i mean he was really a catalyst for closing a lot of pill mills yeah and really brought attention to it and uh, to it being, you know, the epidemic of prescription pill addiction. Yeah. There was a real sour note, though, at the end. Because it's like, obviously, the opioid crisis is not solved. Yeah. And him... These are spoilers, by the way. Which is, it's just going to be spoilery yeah. for us to talk about it. But it's still good um, to watch. I think it's still interesting enough, even yeah, if you yeah, know yeah. what happens. Definitely. Um just the the fact that once he closed these pill mills, then everyone just turned to actual heroin on the yeah, streets that were that, much, was, that was really much sad. much more dangerous, which is like the argument people always bring up with health clinics and stuff, women's health clinics, right? Like if you don't have those, then women have to go to sketchy exactly. places to get yes, this done because people are going to do these things regardless. So mm-hmm. it's usually better to facilitate them. Although and obviously you were hope that these people don't have these problems in the first place for sure but uh but it's also just about getting these people properly educated too and you know having laws in line for doctors you know to follow i know for me like when i've had to get prescriptions even if they're not like super addictive or anything like the consult with the pharmacist is always helpful i mean have you ever had 
prescription drugs? I like... got one one time for my kidney stone, yes, but honestly, I, I didn't notice those things doing anything. I didn't find they relieved any pain at all. Yeah, you have like a narcotic. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it must not have been strong enough. I don't know. The pain, I guess, of a kidney stone is really intense, though. But, like, I didn't feel high or anything like that. I was like, here's my chance. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. No. So this this pharmacist, this documentary, I think, really hit home for me because I've had experiences with someone who has had an addiction to um, Oxycontin. And Oxycontin. I know. I hate how they <laughs> call it like Oxycontin. Like, but that's, that's how, how it's spelled. spelled. But it's Oxycontin. Like, I guess you are still making that mm sound. Yeah. Mm. Oxycontin. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get some Oxycontin? <laughs> um, so watching the documentary just kind of like hurt my heart a little bit because it was like, holy crap. Like One, America is severely depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and two. And like, how many, you know, it's crazy how many people were Yes. Well, because it's such a risky thing, right? Like the girl was saying people use it recreationally and like, what do they call it? Like the Holy Trinity or something? Yeah. Where they take Oxycontin, Xanax, Xanax, and and I can't remember the other one. Yeah. We're not going to tell you so you don't do it. But Rachel. Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just so sad to see people and like it's interesting because it's not like everyone goes into the doctor to get Oxycontin to get high. You know, people are prescribed this as a painkiller because it's effective and, you know, they accidentally get hooked on it. Yeah. So the whole big lie that Purdue was pushing was that like this wasn't addictive. And so a lot, it created a lot of addicts that weren't trying to become addicts. Mm -hmm. And then they were just like sucked in. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah. It was crazy. There was a, friend of the family who um died last year from an overdose i think it was oxycontin i could be mistaken of what it actually was but i know that prescription pill addiction was like a huge part of it and he od'd and it's really sad you know you never know who these people are and it's it's one of those addictions that you can hide for a while until it becomes crazy (laughs) and You start using all of your money, and then you start going to other people for money. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just really sad. So everyone be careful, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I want to talk about Dr. Cleggett. Yeah. She was, it was great that they had her in the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think she agreed to do it because she has no idea how insane and evil she is. Yeah. So Dr. Cleggett was this woman who, so Dan Schneider was the pharmacist, and he was seeing all of these um, prescriptions coming in to be filled for Oxycontin, and a lot of them were signed off by a Dr. Cleggett. Yeah, I think in her history, she did over 2 million prescriptions for Oxycontin yeah. and Xanax. And like, yeah, and other doctors were like, holy crap. I think like, that was in a year she did 2 yeah, million. Yeah, people are like, I see maybe like... 17 people a week or something like a d- that like a day would a be day. A, a busy day and she was seeing like 80 or 90 people a yeah. day yeah so she was running a pill mill which i don't understand how she gets oh she doesn't have the pills she just writes the prescriptions yeah. and then people people were driving all over the state yeah. all over different states for her and some people were at her office for like days camping for out days to they see would her. sit in the office for days just like sweating and all like 
what do you call it when you're coming off a high? Withdrawal. Withdrawal, like going through the withdrawal, waiting for their pills. And people would get their prescription, fill it, and then come back and sell the pills individually to people in the waiting office. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Oh, you did? Yeah, they would do that. It's like oh getting gosh. a hot dog while you're waiting in line. It That's is. Crazy. And like they would sell them for, I don't even know, like $30, like a yeah. pill or something like that. Honestly, it's just so sad. And it I'm so happy so I don't. Sad. I have not, not had any addiction. Well, any uh, like encounters with any of that kind of stuff. Like yeah. it's just so foreign to me. Yeah. But, you know, it's really dark. People have some really dark lives. But I think as someone like you who has never had those encounters, it's important for these documentaries to be seen because you are, I mean, I'm not saying the documentary is 100% perfect in every way and gives you every fact ever, but it's good to be exposed to these different things. That's why I like reading different stories. Yeah, I mean, that's good with any bit of information. Educate yourself. We need to be educated. You never know, like, where your life will will take you or... And I think that's why, now this is going to be really prejudiced, there's a big problem in the States because a lot of people are very uneducated and making really poor decisions in regards to health and just who they're choosing and all this kind of stuff. I think it's a problem with just, like, having just a super narrow perspective on life i think it's hard in the states because it's so big and people are you know secluded sort of to their own individual yeah environment people are sheltered they're sheltered there's no need to go travel somewhere else everything you need is right there so you get caught up in that's why we need to read books yeah watch well the first part of the documentary too we didn't even talk about that um how he sort of became more aware of this growing epidemic was because his son was shot and killed um, buying drugs, buying these prescription drugs. And Was he buying Oxycontin? I don't think he was. I think he was on heroin. Oh, was he really? Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do. No, I think it was pills. I don't think so. Because you went to that, that place to get heroin. You went to the doctor to get Oxycontin. I think he was getting crack. Yeah. Okay, he, but the pharmacist got involved with OxyContin <laughs> because he's a pharmacist, okay. and he was seeing, and they're basically the same thing, obviously. Okay, so anyway, the first episode and a half about is about um, his son dying, and that is so heartbreaking. And and they have the person who killed his son on the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not going to tell you who it is, Pretty but obvious. it's um, that was interesting too. It's interesting, but basically the murderer. Um, you know, he grew up in this really horrible part of New Orleans and sort of never really had a chance. Yeah. I mean, can I tell the thing? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Okay. Tell the thing. So like his, his mom was a drug addict. Like basically everyone there was a drug addict. Yeah. And his mom was always absent or something. Like he hated her being on drugs. One time he like flushed her drugs down the toilet. And when she realized that she turned the stove on like the burner and burned his hand for doing that. And, like, for him, that was, like, a, okay, this is, like, this is the way it is. Like, we're drugs, like, drugs, yeah. drugs, drugs. Like and he so he like became a drug dealer old. so that I guess he could be there for his mom in some way. And then he got addicted himself. And, like, it's just this ongoing thing in that one part of New Orleans. You know, you're there. It, yeah. I think You him, see people get shot all the time. Yeah. I think him killing the person was just trying to play the game that he was playing. Yeah. Just trying to be a, you know, 
make more money, a little. Yeah, you know, he was only little 16, street cred. He was sixteen years old. Yeah. And he killed that boy. It's just insane. It really makes you recognize your privilege <laughs> in life, <laughs> right? Like. Yeah. We all go through different things and we have different experiences that obviously are hard for us, but oh my gosh. I, know. I'm so I ran grateful. out of cereal this morning. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Well, this would be a good segue for me to tell my story that I never told last week. Yeah. We've all been dying to hear. So, when I was 17 years old, I got an email from someone who I used to be friends with and I wasn't friends with them at the time so I was confused. You look so beautiful right now. Oh, thank you. Your hair. I got my hair done. Oops, I shouldn't say that on the podcast. What? My mom came over, guys. <laughs> we broke the law. Anyway, she did my her. Um, okay, thank you. You made me all nervous. But when I was 17 <laughs> years old, I got an email from a girl that I used to be friends with and it said forward BT whores. So I used to go to a school called Blessed Trinity. Yeah, I used to go to a school called BT whores. <laughs> it was called. It was a lesser known school. It was called Blessed Trinity, <laughs> and so we'd call it BT. Anyway, I was like, "What the heck is this?" And so I scrolled down, and it's like really graphic sexual images with girls' names underneath who went to our school, and it was photos of them um, naked. And I was like, what the heck? This is insane. Why is she sending this to me? So I scroll down a little more, and then I see Joelle Fontana. I was like, what? And I looked, and the pictures weren't explicit at all. One, I was on an ab machine um, that you, like, lay on and, like, yeah, you like pull your body photo. up. I don't even know where it is. I'm sure I've destroyed it. Um, and I was wearing a tank top and shorts. So, I mean, did like, you look good? No, it was very unflattering. <laughs> um, it was, like, from the bottom angle, so it was just, like, all stomach. I mean, I wasn't fat, so, like, that was fine. But And then the other one was me, and I just had a low-cut shirt on, and I had a lot of cleavage, which, like, whatever. I used to always wear shirts like that. I don't care. So I was confused, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, whatever. There was, I, I don't even know how many girls were on it. Cut two. <laughs> The next day at school or something, um, we realized that that email had gone to the entire school, the entire school board, like all of the teachers, the principal, um, all of the surrounding schools. Uh, Kathleen, I'm sure, got it or like knew about it because she lived in St. Catharines. Everywhere. My sister lived in England and she got it. She had friends in South Africa and they got it. It was a, an epidemic. But it was a great this, class in marketing, though. Yeah, it was huge. Um, and so obviously I wasn't worried because nothing, you know, horrible of me was on there except my name was attached to this email entitled BT Whores. And there were pictures on it that were explicit. And the girls were under 18. So technically it was child pornography. They ended up tracing it back to who sent it out in the first place. And it was a girl who actually lived the street over from me growing up. And I don't know why she did it. Um, my mind just goes to she was jealous of some of these younger girls who maybe had dated boys in her grade or 
little more popular than her. Who knows Clearly. how she did it. There had actually been a rumor about her growing up, like, for years. You know, and I, I won't say it on the podcast, but there's a joke in Mean Girls about a girl who made out with a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> we know it well. We know it well. So that rumor went around about this girl who made the email, but it was different. Like, I remember hearing that rumor when I was in grade eight. Um, so maybe she did it as sort of like a revenge. Like, I didn't do that, but no, she wasn't doing it casually. Yeah. Feeling cute. Might send out a child pornography email. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, she was charged with some stuff. Uh, Google it. I'm sure it'll pop up for you, but... Um, yeah, it's really sad. You know, her life kind of derailed too. I did Facebook search her not too long ago and she's married and has kids. Congratulations. <laughs> you ruined all these girls lives. Um, but no, it wasn't like, obviously, you know, people don't remember it, but they do remember that email. Like if you talk to anyone who lived in the Niagara region, um, and was in high school around the same time I was, I'm sure that they heard of it. Yeah. And it was embarrassing, like, at sports games and stuff. I feel like there was one George Costanza person that was like, I didn't get the email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, what do you know? What do you know? I want to see it. Um, but, like, at football games or hockey games and stuff, the other teams would yell out, like, show us the BT whores <laughs> oh, stuff. Gosh. And, like, you know, just oh, stupid man. high school stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember one time some guy was like, oh, are you a BT whore? And I was like, actually, I am. <laughs> I'm on the email. Um but yeah, very sad. You know, yeah. high school sucks. Like, I feel so bad for people who are like, oh, those were the best days of my life. I'm like, really? Well, that's sad because it sucked and I would never go back and I hated every minute of it. And I hate uh, everyone. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure that's an exaggeration. No, but... it is an exaggeration for sure. But I did not enjoy high school. I was so angsty. Yeah. And just like that was awkward depressed. for sure. <laughs> so emo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my story. Can I share my short? My oh sure. My I'll just share story. Your story. My story. My story. I do want to share it. How are you feeling? Hold on. Wait. What story? It's just a childhood story. I how Jenny we... almost died. But okay, yes. But I think we need to clear up now that we know that Jody's a listener. <laughs> All those things we said. About Jody are true until she <laughs> proves otherwise. <laughs> no, I feel like Jenny told Jody and then Jody listened. I think Jody's heard those stories before. Yes, I'm of sure course, she because we've been it. traumatized and yeah. we bring it up. <laughs> she probably remembers it differently though. So what are we clearing up? That's it. But we didn't clear anything up. Well, she needs to step up and <laughs> did she us. tell you something she that was different? She has to finish our last episode. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, those things did happen, but I'm sure there's more to the story. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I was a child. Yeah. I don't remember all the details. <laughs> but we have a different story. We'll tell of her if she doesn't respond to us. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no, I've sworn not to share that story. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. When I was eight, nine, nine. Oh gosh, that's like Jesse's age almost. We moved to the farm. Mm. I'm not going to tell the whole story about that. But basically, we're, we bought, my mom bought a plot of land and she moved a house there. But the house was being like sort of put together because um, it had been cut in half. So we, were, we had to like build a basement under it and put it back together. So 
for a couple months we lived in a trailer. This is no running water. There was a porta potty outside the trailer as a bathroom. Uh, there was no electricity. And I think for water we had well a well that you could pump. Wow, I lived with such a privileged childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it was only a couple months. Before this yeah. we had lived in like a really big oh, house. Oh yeah. The pink um, house. Yeah, the pink house. Not a nice neighborhood, but obviously um, anyway, so we, we were living in this trailer. And my brother had a friend named Craig who I guess was kind of a troubled child. I think when he was 16, he came to live with us for a little bit. And I don't really know the circumstances, but there was this guy named Craig. I thought he was cool. He was like a super like angsty kind of teenage, like whatever guy. And I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenny said she, she despised him, which I could see. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> I remember one time, this is a side note, he had run out of cigarettes and he had me roll up a paper plate with some like wheat in it so he could smoke something. What? What an angsty little loser. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, um, so there was this like shack in the field next to our plot of land and it was like someone had lived there years ago, but it was like all derelict now. But there's like couches in there and laundry. It was like two bedrooms. Um, and it was just full of like junk and stuff. It was really run down. Like the roof was falling down. So one day we went over there with like sticks and clubs and stuff. We're like, let's just go smash stuff. Like break <laughs> stuff, you know? It was me, Jenny, and Craig. And I, I think um, Becky and maybe maybe my cousins. I don't know. But... We were in there and we were like breaking stuff. And it was super fun, obviously. <laughs> just trash and everything. And this one in the second room we went to, there was like a big hole in the floor. I guess maybe that was like the septic thing that had sunken in now. And um, we were smashing stuff. And Jenny was standing somewhere. And then we hit this one part of the wall and the hu this huge beam fell. And it missed her head by like an inch. Like, it would have oh probably broken her neck if it had hit her. And we're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, maybe we should leave. But on our way out of breaking everything, there was, like, a, like an electrical box on the side, which it was, like, old, like, whatever. So we were just smashing any and everything we could find. Oh There's also a, a car beside it, too. So we smashed the electrical thing. And we're like, are we getting electrocuted? We didn't. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, we didn't think it worked, but yeah. then like, I remember reaching into the car. That's how I got this scar on my arm. Mm. I didn't even feel it, but it was like, <sighs> I was like all bleeding. I felt cool. And then like the next day or the next week or whatever, my mom was like, did you guys smash this thing? And we're like, yeah, it, like it doesn't work or anything. She's like, no, it had electricity. We were going to run the electricity oh, from that gosh. to here so we could have television. And we had been without TV for like forever, right? We were like, no. Serves you kids right. So oh my it took gosh. months to get TV finally, but that was like, I don't know. That's hilarious. Vandalism's so bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. So you have story. the scar on your arm from that, and then you have a scar. Where's on the my, scar on your face? It's on my eyebrow, whatever. That's from Jess. I mean, from. From Jesse. Jenny. From Jenny. Tell that story. We used to get into brawls <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you and Jenny are 18 months apart? Yeah, something like that. It sort of feels like we're twins sometimes You're Irish just because we're so close together. Oh, yeah? Irish twins, yeah. Cool. 
Anyway, no, we were fighting one time. She pushed me into like a shop vac. I think it was. That was in our living room for some reason. And just left a huge gash. I remember it looked like a volcano on my forehead. Oh, uh... I was like, look what you did, Jenny. <laughs> she <laughs> was probably like, times i've never gotten to a fight i'm five years younger than my middle sister and seven years younger than my eldest but they've gotten into their fair share of fights i remember the one fight that they got into i think their last fight ever my sister mel her favorite movie one of them was the outsiders and so she had it on vhs Lisa's already laughing listening to this. Her and Lisa got into this huge fight, and Lisa took the VHS and whipped it at Melanie's head. Yeah. It left a huge mark on her head and broke the VHS. So it was like, <laughs> That's nice. It was like double, <laughs> like painful. That was the last fight they ever got into, I think. I mean, not that I know of, but. Mm. Oh, man, that was funny. I just remember watching it and being like, when you're, did your other siblings fight? Like, did you watch them fight? Yeah, a little bit. It was always so weird. You're just like staring at them like. It was mostly me and Jenny. People look so stupid when they fight. Like their faces are always like. <laughs> <laughs> and like their legs are like trying to kick the other. Oh, you like physical brawls? Yeah, like they just, everyone looks so stupid. Because they're so angry and they're just yeah. like. Yeah. Like Jesse, like think of Jesse. And anyway. he just like, does like a stiff upper lip. Like my mom, when she gets really angry, her upper lip goes so stiff. She's like, you look stupid. <laughs> Just calm down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, this has been fun. That has been fun. Do we have a fun send off for people? Um, 